You're listening to The Drew Marshall Show, Canada's most listened to spiritual talkback program. Ladies and gentlemen, Lighthouse. band seriously uh i remember as a young lad cranking these tunes out timeless hits like sunny days one fine morning man lighthouse was one of the first eclectic bands to use a symphony of strings and horns and percussion and the sounds of the 60s rock thing all at once you know they were like canada's version of chicago and the main guy behind it all was uh of course skip prokop and uh, Skip joins us here on the Drew Marshall Show today, man. Skip, you're alive and well, big guy. Yeah, sorry about that, buddy. <laughs> well, that's what happens, you know. We're we're actually, uh, you know, it's funny. I'm listening to one fine morning. I'm thinking to myself, uh, you know, uh, it'll be really nice, uh, uh, you know, within the not-too-distant future, you'll be able to play Mercy Train and, uh, you know, set a lighthouse. Yeah, okay, well, tell us about that, because that's something you've been into for the last little bit here. Tell us about Mercy Train, man. Um, well, you know, we've we've continued uh, all through the year to um uh to record um and it's it logistically it's not very easy uh you know, we we uh you know, we got guys, you know, basically from all over southern Ontario, southwestern Ontario. So, um uh you know, we we are recording a new market is a fabulous beautiful studio up there and it's a friend of ours. Um, who basically, uh, you know, him and his wife believe that their ministry is to supply their services, not only him as a brilliant engineer, musician, producer, but, you know, their home as far as where the studio is. And uh, <clears throat> so, pardon me, we've been, uh, uh, you know, we try we try to record every Saturday. We don't record Saturday, Sunday, uh, because he's involved in his church worship uh, band and all that stuff. Right, right. Um, but basically... Uh, I mean, the long and the short of it is we're probably up around, uh, I don't know, I mean, easily con- conservative dollars for a studio like this. We're probably up around, uh, uh, you know, anywhere from eighty, ninety, maybe even $100,000 right now. No charge. Wow. I, I, that's just massive generosity, man. That's cool. That's, and and to, to me, like, Skip, that must encourage you when it comes to thinking, okay, is God behind this project or not? Oh, absolutely. Uh, there There is, like, uh, when... When that door opened, I heard about this guy and uh, talked to a few people, and it was like they were talking to him. And, and uh, basically, him and his wife, they, uh, they pray about it. It's Richard and Lorraine, and they pray about it. And uh, they believe that the Holy Spirit will say witness to them that, you know, this, this, is, this is a ministry and this is a, you know, commercialization of Christian contemporary music. And they make that decision. And, you know, basically, I mean, I'd taken in a, um, a little, uh, just a CD of the songs that we had actually laid down for the guys in the band to start learning the songs. 
and uh, played it for them. And uh, I, well, I phoned them. First of all, I find out that this is an all really old friend of mine. Uh, who played with the Stacy band, uh, Bruce Stacy's band out of Huntley Street, and you know he's gone on to do all kinds of stuff. And uh, um, you know, I phoned them. You know, oh, you can't phone them. Uh, you know, you can only email them. And you know, they and so I, you know, I said, well, okay, fine. You know, so anyway, I dialed four one one in New Market to ask for him, and they get here's the number, and uh, you know, the he picks up the phone, hello, and I says, is this Richard? He said, yeah. I said, hey, it's Skip. Man. Hey, man, how you doing? But is that right? <laughs> And uh, so I made an appointment and took uh, took these. The, just it was just Jamie with just guitar and voice. Um, and at that time when we recorded them, he was just down with the flu and a bad throat. It's like really awful as far as I mean. There were a couple of cuts that he didn't even put vocals on. He came in and then went, you know what? I don't want anybody to ever hear that, right? <laughs> so you know you got uh, you know whatever you got. Uh, Blessed, you've got tear down the Alps, you got instrumental, you got you know what I mean? Yeah, right? yeah. But um, um, they said, yeah, let's go for it. Huh. When do you want to start? I said, well. Actually, I haven't even put the band together. Well, you're teasing us with this information here. When are we going to get our hands on a copy of a Mercy Train CD? I would say uh, by the end of March. Okay. I think we'll be pretty well done at that point. I am looking forward to it because you guys have put a ton, a ton of work and hours and time into this. And, and you know, there's no question that with Skip, and I don't want to pump your ego up too much here, buddy, you know. But with Skip Prokop, uh, you know, at the helm, kind of tweaking things and working the board and mixing and engineering and doing all the stuff that, you you know, you, you've done for so long. I, I listen to the sounds of the Lighthouse stuff, and even you guys performing still today at various concerts. There's still something in phenomenally unique about the sound of Lighthouse, right? Yeah. It's an amazing thing, man. God has just blessed the socks off you. <laughs> well, you know, I tell you, it's really interesting. That, I mean, we've, we've had some uh, uh, very um, credible people hear some of the rough tracks of Mercy Train, and they're saying exactly the same thing. They're saying, this is like, you guys, you do not sound like anybody. And, and um uh, you know, the, here's the interesting thing, Drew. The, the, the most important thing about this Mercy Train CD is God made it very, very clear to us, man, we're giving this away. We are giving this away. We are not going to make any money on this. Hmm. We are, and by doing so, we're cutting ourselves out of the opportunity of getting a record deal on the first CD. Uh, but uh, we are literally, we're going to press it. Um, we are going to start giving it away, sending it to all kinds of people, you yourself, and, 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 you know, uh, basically we'll say in a, a covering letter, um, you know, love to, you know, if, at some point in the future, love to, uh, you know, this is the information, a little bit of information on Mercy Train, how we got together, what we believe God's vision is that He's given us, and, um, and just say, listen, uh, if there's an opportunity to do some ministry work with you, that would be one, in the future, that would be wonderful. Uh, until that time, uh, if you believe this music will uplift or encourage someone, uh, please copy it and give it away. Tell people to go to our website, download it for free. This is God's product. This is His project. And we are going to give it away. And I've talked to a couple, of, like I said, some really heavy industry people who just went, holy mackerel, man. Nobody's done this since Keith Green. Yeah. And, like, this is going to have a huge impact uh, statement on the industry. But you know something? By every time we think about, you know, we even thought, well, you know, we could give it away in Canada, but do a deal in the States, or, well, there's a way we could get it into all the Christian bookstores. And, like, you know, 
to my knowledge, they will not rack it because they can't make money on it, and I respect that. No, right? no, no, I don't respect that at all. Well, the thing is, man, is that all we know is every time we think about attaching a dollar figure to this, whether it be, you know, you uh, just give a dollar to so-and-so, right? It gets all cloudy and all whacked out, and we just go... At the band, I mean, it's totally of one heart, one mind about this. We just go, that's it. We're, all we're going to do is give it away and let God do with it what he's going to do with it. Now, the interesting thing is, you know, people have been saying, well, when are you going to play? You know, well, we started thinking, gee, when are we going to play? Well, you know, I could call Freddie Caserta probably uh, down in Buffalo. And we could get on, you know, Darien Lake and, you know, on that whole thing. Sure. I mean, I, you know, we I have a lot of contacts. And it's interesting. After we started praying about it, I said to the guys, praying about it one night, and I got everybody together, and I said, guys, you know what? God hasn't opened any doors for us to play, so why are we worrying about it? And in fact, what is the one door he has opened? Listen, it's true. So when we finish this CD, Richard and Lorraine have already said, good, let's start on the second project. This will be a full-blown CD. So wow. we're that's you know screwing up your time today, which I apologize for <laughs> deeply. No, that's all right. Was, I, I'm I'm working on lyrics this afternoon, and you know you get in that headspace. It's like, oh yeah, man, I got to go to the store, and I'm looking right at that, right at my sticky note sitting right on my table here about your, you know, we're going to get together, and I'm out there, and I'm grabbing some things off the shelf, and I'm thinking, you know, this line would work better than that. And I walk in here, man, and I notice the phone flashing, and I get, you have three messages. I'm going, wow, lots of people calling me. And as soon as I heard you, I went, oh, God, you know, hello. You know, Give like, your head a shake, will you? Yeah. No, no, it's cool, it's cool. Hey, listen, it's radio, man. Everything's flexible. All right, well, we're on the phone with Skip Prokop, and Skip is uh, one of the founding members and, and the founding guy behind, behind Lighthouse. And I mean, how how do you describe Lighthouse? Like, what's the best way to describe it? A uh, rock orchestra. Rock orchestra. And that's why, it, actually, you know, uh, there are, you know, yourself and and and, uh, and everyone, you know, compares us with Chicago and Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Actually, we weren't, you know, we we weren't like those bands. They were basically a horn band, and we carried a full electric string quartet. Like, that, that's the easiest way to differentiate between the two. This was a real full-blown, uh, you know, uh, 13-piece rock orchestra. And the the, the thinking behind it, uh, when I, um, you know, I mean, I thought about putting a band like this together for a long time. And, um, um, you know, it was the fact that at that time, you would go out and see, you know, you, you'd hear some record and go, wow, I really love this group. And you'd go to see them and go, huh, they yeah. don't even sound like the record. Right. Right, because they got... You know, 32 studio musicians in there. They got horns. They got this, and then would walk out on stage with like a piano, bass, and drums, and guitar, and wouldn't sound anything like their their record at all. And that's kind of like ripping off the fans, man. Well, you know, but I mean, that's the way it went for years and years and years and years. Well, until you guys came up with it, and then like I remember seeing you down at the forum, right, and the yep. the, the rotating uh, stage that yep. kind of rolled all the way around, and yeah. And, uh, man, I, seriously, I have such vivid, vivid memories of being blown away. And I'm fairly arrogant in my musical tastes. You are. I am very arrogant. And I, and I don't, I don't, I don't suffer fools gladly here, man. I don't put up with a lot of stuff. And I hardly ever get blown away musically. Yeah. But I still remember those days of being blown away by Lighthouse. Yeah. Uh, take us back to, uh, to the, to the days of the, 
when things were just high, man. I mean, you guys were on top of the world, and you were high in many other ways as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, well, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, there's a huge thing that happens when you, you know, fly into New York City and... Um, the cab driver's got the radio on, and there's your song playing. You fly into Minneapolis, there's your song playing. You fly into L.A., there's your song playing. You go to Japan, there's your song playing, right? Um, you go to England, there's your song playing. Uh, all You know, that has an enormous impact. And then, of course, you have all the, quote, adulation and all that. And then basically you start, you know, um, I mean, Lighthouse always took itself very seriously when it comes came to music and the create the creative end but then in those days we also took a lot of stuff seriously because there was a lot of things going on i think the thing that uh, and when i say that i mean you know i.e uh politically things were in such turmoil uh, vietnam etc yeah. yeah there were enormous enormous things going on on the planet and uh you know um and and you know you, you begin to uh, you, you know, start to take a stand on some of your beliefs. And in as much as uh, um, at that time, for me anyway, personally, I mean, I wasn't walking hand in hand with the Lord or anything like that. I mean, I knew who where God was, and I heard about Jesus, and, and I always believed in him and that. But, you know, it's one you know one thing to, to say, oh, yeah, I believe. And like I ask people now, you know, do you believe in Jesus? Oh, yeah. And I say, good. So you believe in his uh, saviorship, right? Oh, yeah, man. I say, okay, do you believe in his lordship, which means you are supposed to be serving him? Oh, well, uh, oh, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. big, big, you know, so anyway, I mean, you know, you're out there and you're, you, you know, you're thinking you're pretty important and, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and in fact, there are, you know, from in, in my life, there were many ways that God used me as a catalyst would put me in situations that um, actually have, you know, uh, had, you know, impact on um, people's lives and the way certain things are done. Uh, the Canadian content ruling, of course, is one of the really big ones. Um, um, you know, I mean, he put me in a situation where I was the first rock musician to address Parliament. And the funny thing is, is that uh, um, a friend of mine, uh, Nicholas Jennings, actually got the uh, my my testimony uh, out of the archives in Ottawa, and the remarkable part about it is is that everything that I told uh, the members of Parliament and the members of the inquiry uh, would happen worldwide with Canadian talent has happened. Every single one of them. There's not one thing I said would happen that didn't happen. Well, that's scary. Yeah, but, you know, but at the same time, I mean, you know, I'm walking around going, God, man, I am so important. It's unbelievable how important <laughs> I am. You know what I mean? And then... Uh, but you were, man. I mean, seriously, tell me if this was not the scene. The limos, the cameras, the press, the women, the drugs, the booze, yeah. the, the dropping names, the schmoozing yeah. with big wigs. Yeah. I mean, that was your life. Well, yeah, and that's all very impressive. Uh, now, you know what I mean, uh... I have great respect for uh, great talent and, you know, uh, great um, uh, dedication, great integrity and stuff like that. But, you know, when people ask me now, you know, I mean, who, who really is impressing you? You know, I say, you know something? Honestly, 
I'm not impressed by anybody, and I don't say that disrespectfully. I'm, I, I'm impressed by Jesus. That's who I. That that's who I'm impressed by. Hmm. And I leave it at that. And they, I mean, you can hear Jaws hitting the table sometimes when I come up with stuff like that. But um, you know, I, I wanted to just get a couple things in. I was. Is it okay? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. You know, it's interesting. Um, I was listening to. Um, um, you, you know, your lead-in, you know, with uh, Compassion Canada, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a really interesting thing. Two uh, quite uh, amazing uh, little tidbits of information that have come by me in the last two weeks. Do you know there's a great, and, and, and by the way, I, I can't, this is my failure. I can't remember the guy's name, so, you know, this is not a, quote, unnamed source. Right. Uh, <clears throat> brilliant, brilliant mathematician, I think, from Oxford, who sat down recently and and uh, this would be a huge uh, project, but basically try to put a dollar value on everything in the world that's of value. Mm -hmm. And then divide it and put a total on there. And then he divided the population of the world into it. And do you know what everybody wound up getting? How much? 2.3 million. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, I got, I got to get that quote. That's one. Here's the other one. Another uh, uh, brilliant um, uh, uh, man of God uh, just figured out recently that if you took the entire body of Christians and put them all on welfare, and they only tithe 10% of that welfare check, Every mission and every ministry on this planet would be thriving beyond their wildest dreams. Wow. So wild, eh? Bottom line is, we're selfish and we don't give enough. I hear you, man. Yeah, it's huge. Folks, we're on the phone with Skip Prokop, and uh, Skip is known for his uh, phenomenal talent behind the band Lighthouse. He's the drummer and the founder of the group Lighthouse. Uh, of course, they've had some amazing hits over the years. Everybody knows uh, knows the tunes Sunny Days and One Fine Morning, and, uh, well, there's, there's a plethora of other ones. And, Skip, uh, you, like, when people find out you're a Jesus guy, right? Because, yep. you know, you're a hard-living son of a gun. Yep. They find out you're a Jesus guy now. You get respect for that, or do people laugh at you still? Um, I don't have too many people laugh at me. Okay. Uh, um, you know, and I'm sure that's probably, uh, you know, because God goes before me. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think that you have to, um, I, I really find that that my desire to, um, you know, it's not like I go to bed every night and say, please help me be good. You know, that's, you know, my, my desire is, Lord, you know, just please continue to teach me. Hmm. Teach me more. I want to learn more, right? And I find that that um, uh, and and I don't mean just as in knowledge. I, I'm listening to myself talk here. Uh, I, I don't mean just as in knowledge, but I think that the more that a person delves into the you know who Jesus is, the way he lived, what he really taught, right? I think that you'll you'll be drawn closer and closer and closer because there is none like him, you know. That's the song, There Is None Like You. And, and you you are an avid, I mean, you and I have talked heaps about a, a bunch of different books that you've been reading over the years. And you can you imagine, 30 years ago, could you ever imagine yourself uh, being such an avid 
reader? You know, like you're devouring stuff like the purpose-driven life and messy spirituality? And No. No, it's really interesting. I mean, I can't imagine myself doing what I've been doing for the last few weeks, uh, three or four nights a week. Um, um, basically, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on my second study of Revelations. And, you know, I go to put a, maybe throw a movie on or flip on TV or something. I go, this is boring. And I'll go get my tapes out and I'll start, you know, get my Bible out and, you know, and my concordance and start comparing, you know, books. And, uh, you know, it's um, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I guess people who, who do not um, have, a, have a, a grasp on the reality of who Jesus is, would sit in a conversation and go, these people are nuts. All they want to do is talk about Jesus. Like, don't they want to talk about the days of our lives? You know what yeah. I mean? Or the yeah. bachelor yeah. or, you know. Uh, and, it, you know, I, I just find, I, you know, sometimes I have to pray really hard to have more compassion for the people who don't know the Lord. But, man, you know, I stand around and I listen to conversations going on around me. And, like... It's like there's nothing there. No substance. None. Yeah, buff and fluff. And the other side of the coin that really uh, concerns me is that uh, with a tremendous amount of young people and young adults, you know, they don't have a clue as to what's going on on this planet. Mm. None. And, I mean, we're not talking, ooh, Holy Spirit, supernatural. It's not. I mean, you know, I'm not talking about... I just mean... Hey, guys, do you know what happened in Lebanon last week? And they go, uh, where's that? Is that out near Freelton? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they really don't have a clue, and it's very, very, very scary. And I was reading a thing about uh, Winston Churchill and uh, about the fact that he was such a student of history, right? And as as many of of the you know great leaders of the past uh who have been man 90% of our kids know nothing about history hmm. nothing so how can you learn anything it's pretty scary. Well, uh, again, reminding uh, you folks that we're on the phone with Skip Prokop, who is the founder and drummer of uh, Lighthouse, a phenomenal Canadian rock band. Rock orchestra is really the term that kind of goes along with Lighthouse. Skip, you, you know, I've gotten to know you over the last uh, couple of years now. I remember the first time I phoned you, you know, I was, I was thinking, man, I have got to get this guy on the show because here, here's the interesting story from from my point of view. I, I was in love with Lighthouse, and then I found out you you bought into the Jesus stuff, and that was similar to my life. Mm-hmm. And then I was listening to you on CFNY, uh, Rock and the Hard Place. Yes. Right? How long did that go for? Uh, about four years. Four years of doing Christian music on CFNY, 102.1. Yeah. And uh, still uh, a very, very unique broadcast. Uh, I don't think anything like it has been duplicated, right? No, as a matter of fact, it's interesting. It hasn't. And the uniqueness about that whole thing uh, was that God blessed it the way he did. I mean, I got paid a really good money to do it, so I wasn't buying airtime and I didn't have to go and sell airtime or anything like that. Uh, you know, they said, hey, you know, uh, you know, you, you want to do this show? And I went, yeah, sure. And, uh, and the uniqueness about that show was the fact that it was a, such a powerful stations 50,000 watts I mean we took calls from Pennsylvania and New York I mean all the way up north to Huntsville over to you know halfway to London sure. uh, and then of course then all the 
you know, what is now the GTA and right through the horseshoe and that. Um, you know, and, and we were able to uh, be used to be a focus as to what is going on in a Christian community, musically speaking, and, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, for four years, man, it really pulled the community together, like enormous. I mean, you had churches working together. You had tons of people coming out to events, uh, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I I don't see a lot of that. And one of my big concerns, just even thinking about the possibilities of uh, Mercy Train going out, um, you know, I, I, I don't know what it is that, uh, it, that, that uh, so many churches, will not work together. Like, they actually won't roll up their sleeves and say, gee, we're bringing in a great speaker, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't we tell 25 or 30 churches in the area? Yeah, Why not pack it out for five lectures? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, because usually it's the big churches that bring in the big speakers, and the little churches don't want to send their people over to the big church because they think they're going to lose them. It's, you know, this, this spirit... Of fear yeah. and division. So, yep, it is so ridiculous, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I'm finding out more and more and more, uh, and and uh, I, I you know I, I I have no problem coming back to Mercy Train. This last year and a half, uh, with the formation of this band and all the work we've been doing, it, it has been absolutely phenomenal to see how God has moved with this band, taken obstacles out, and just said, you know what. Just skip, shut up, trust me, and do this, and I will show you. And, you know, study you go, you sit down, the guys, we all sit down and say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how we're going to get over this. And, like, we'll just pray about it, and, like, a week or two, bang, something comes up, and you go, wow, hmm. look at what happened there. Hmm. And, and, you know, it's interesting. It really, really begins to take your fear away. And, and besides that, what are people so afraid of? You know, like, I think you got to really come to a place um, in your walk with God where you actually stand on his word. And, you know, like, and if, if he be for me, who can be against me? You know, you, people hear all these words and people say all these words, but it's a, it's a totally different thing when you actually go... Okay, Lord, you know, um, I'm going to stand on this word. I find myself in the past, uh, um, you know, 60, 70, 80 days, uh, I've been under a ton of pressure about a whole bunch of weird, you know, crap going on. And, and uh, you know, I got into uh, Psalm 91. And, you know, where, where uh, God says, you know, I, I, you know, I will give you refuge, uh, you know, under my feathers, beneath my wings. Uh, and I read that every day. And every day something will just, little seed will stay with me. And, you know, I'll be going through something and, and I go, man, this is a drag. And, you know, and, and then, you, of course, you get fearful and you start worrying. And then all of a sudden I go, hey, wait a minute. You know what, Lord? You said, you promised in your word that you would allow me to, to stand under your wings and seek refuge, you know, under the feathers of your wings. And you know what? I'm calling you on that. I am going to do that. And I'm going to rebuke any of this junk that's coming at me in your name. And that's it. You know, uh, Skip, you, you, every time I hear you talk, there's a couple things that stand out in my mind. One is your passion, man. You're just, you're one of the most passionate guys I know. And number two, 
you have, I think, the spiritual gift of faith. In other words, you you know God is God. Like, you know he exists. You know that you know he exists. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did you, when you were, you know, screwing around and being a big rockhead with Lighthouse, did you ever have any experiences, like weird supernatural experiences, where where there was some supernatural stuff that went down and blew you away in order that, you know, because I'm kind of relating those stories with why the heck do you have such a massive faith thing now? Well, it's really interesting. Um, uh, wow. Um, well, uh, I'll tell you, uh, okay, a couple of things. There was, I remember one night waking up in, you know, this is like, this is years and years ago. And I woke up and sat straight up in my bed, and, and you know, and of course, you know, I, I, I realized that we are warned that, you know, uh, Satan can come to one as an angel of light. But there was this angel at the end of my bed, and I went, whoa. And this angel basically said, you are going to write songs, and you will write songs that will bring healing to many people in the world. And I'll never forget that. I mean, you don't forget that kind of thing. No, you don't. And, you know, and it was, I mean, this was before I even started actually writing, um, you know, songs. I mean, at that time I was in drum corps and, and we were doing, we had a little folk trio called the Riverside Tree and the Michael wrote the boat ashore, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> you know, and I started writing and, you know, but, uh, you know, it was interesting as my, as I, you know, went through my career, if you will, uh, and started to see people, started to talk to people, you know, about, you know, man, I love one time when I hear that, it just uh, it takes all my problems away. I just, you know, and, and then, of course, y- you know, now to go into stuff that I've been into since I started writing, like, um, um, you know, real uh, Christian lyrics and stuff like that, and in particular with Mercy Train, uh, and uh, uh, a really huge miracle is the fact that, we, you know, I had put the word out, and I had musicians kind of standing by saying, you know, when are we going to start? And I'm saying, we don't have a lead singer. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I tried everything. Uh, you know, I talked to several different people and got turned, you know, just, nah, I'm not really interested, Skip. Okay. Uh talked to other people and, and you know, in, in, in delving into more of what they were into, realized that this probably wasn't a very good fit. And that was the other thing, too. God has made it really, really clear in this band. Uh, this works, that doesn't. So don't even bother doing that. Oh, okay. And for years, Jamie, um, my son, uh, you know, has, has, you know, been distancing himself from the skip pro cop of lighthouse thing yeah he doesn't like living under that shadow yeah and 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 that's not a problem i don't have any problem with that at all you know and we we've had some great talks and at one point he said you know dad i really um you know if i get a deal at some point you know i've you know because a lot of us uh, some of us in lighthouse have played on his demos and stuff like that and um he said you know like, you're one of the greatest drummers in the world, but you know what, Dad? I don't want you to play, and I don't want any of the guys from Lighthouse to play. And I went, that's okay. Don't worry about it at all. Yeah. Well, we're sitting here. I mean, this is, we're three months into me talking about this new band that I haven't put together yet, right? Mm. And I got guys out there saying, Skip, call me as soon as you're ready. Um, and we're sitting there, and we're, we're talking, and all of a sudden, James says, you know what, Dad? i got to tell you. You know what we should do? And I said, what? He said, I think we should put a real kick-ass rock, Christian rock ministry band together. And he did say kick-ass 
but he also did say Christian Rock Ministry yeah. Band. Yeah. Right? Love it. And it, it, Jamie laughs now. He said, Dad, if you could have seen your face, <laughs> I just sat there completely stunned. I mean, the hair stood on the back of my neck. I went, holy cow, Lord, what are you doing? Right? And that was it. Bang. And, I mean, we haven't looked back. The other thing is, is, is um, uh, you know, if you ask God, like, you know, we have all these cliches, you know, mean business with God, get real with God. But the, the truth of the matter is, is that more than anything, he knows your heart. And if you are really, you know, when you look at your wife or your kid or something and you say, I love you. There's a reality in that, you, you, if, unless you don't mean it, you know, and then you got other problems. you got a whole other thing. You don't thing. need to get into. <laughs> but the point being, when you say that, there's, you know, they sense a truth in that. <clears throat> and I think when you, when you pray or you ask God to help you, I mean, he knows your heart. You know, it, it's the same as, like, praying... Well, we must quote the duck, duck, down. We might, you know what, man? If I was on a desert island and I didn't know all of this, but I called out and God knew that in my heart I was nine hundred percent sincere when I called out for His help. He'll honor that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I've just seen Him honor stuff in my life over and over and over and over again. I mean, that the hospital thing with my first heart attack. Uh, that's where you were in the lobby. Yeah, that was weird, man. Well, you know something? I was in laying in intensive care the one day, and I it, it was, I don't know, it was 3 or 4 in the morning. Of course, you know, people are going to say, well, I think you were dreaming, Skip. Yeah. I was laying there, and I happened to, all of a sudden, I woke up, I looked, and I just saw this figure come right through the doors, like through the doors, not open the doors, come right over. I can't tell you what it, he looked like, just through the doors, reach in my chest, something happened, and before I knew it, it was over, and I was leaving the hospital. Hmm. So, you know, I mean, I have God, certainly had some things like that. You yeah, know? yeah, definitely. I mean, look, with the stories you and I have shared over the last couple of years, I mean, God, God's hand has been on your life, and it's a very, very cool. Because you could have been dead, so dead, 60 times over, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Like you were, I remember last time you were on the show a couple of years ago, you were talking about your experiences with the Hell's Angels. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, yeah. And and some experience with a witch or something. It was some, some weird, nasty, evil stuff going on. What the heck was that all about? Oh, there was, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, I really... Well, with, with Hell's Angels, that was funny. It was because I was... Uh, I had been, uh, you know, uh, chosen to uh, put Janis Joplin's new band together, and Hell's Angels were an enormous protective uh, fan base for, for Janis out in the, out in the West Coast. I mean, God forbid you ever say or do the wrong thing, you would have just disappeared. They loved her that much. It was just like their little sister. And, uh, of course, uh, we started doing a lot of jamming out there at the Fillmore and uh, with her and, you know, just doing a whole bunch of stuff. And the word got out very, very quickly that I was going to be the guy to put her new band together. And um, uh, so one night, Steve Miller uh, and myself, 
uh, had been on stage playing with her and a couple other people. So um, as Steve Miller's in Steve Miller band? Yeah, as in Steve Miller, and yeah. it was Carlos Santana. There's a, we, we all, a whole bunch of us would just get together and jam and try to, you know, get her at singing some other material, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, we come off stage, and, uh, you know, it's like the guys, you know, all of a sudden there's a couple of guys from the Angels come up to me and said, um, I forget his name now, uh, so-and-so wants to see you. And I went, oh. And uh, so basically um, uh, we started heading towards the back room at the, this is the, the, uh, the uh, Fillmore West, and, um, and, you know, it was just a sea of, of black, black leather jackets. And so I, I went to go through, and they turned around and looked at Steve Miller and said, not you, <laughs> him. Right? So Steve gets this weird look on his face. He stands there. And, of course, I'm following this guy through a sea of black leather that's closing behind me as we go through. <laughs> Bye-bye, Bye -bye, Skip. <laughs> yeah. And it was really amazing, man. I got to the center in the center, and the guy looked at me. He said, so uh, you're the guy that's going to put Janice's new band together, are you? And I said, yeah. And he just stood there looking at me. And uh, I'm thinking... Well, I don't know, and because I mean, I knew how passionately they um, they supported Big Brother and the Holding Company, right? Yeah. And uh, he looked and he said, uh, "Oh man, you're a really blah 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 great drummer, and uh, well, it's going to be great. I want to buy you a beer." I went, Whew. <laughs> "Okay," <laughs> you know. But I mean, just things like that, and uh, I'll get into you know some other time. I'll tell you about all that which thing and that but you know i mean there you know I mean, there are definitely forces out there and i mean you dabble in this stuff uh, you're going to get yourself in trouble uh at the risk of uh sort of i don't know hanging out too long in the celebrity conversation here because i, I mean i you're 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 just such a different guy now and i know you don't like you know dwelling on that and resting on those laurels but the reality is that you've 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 hung out with some big cats yep yeah drop some names impress me um <laughs> Well, no, you know, it's really interesting. Um, um, I mean, when I started out, I mean, you know, uh, one of the first big publicity things to hit uh, in uh, Toronto was uh, Sal Minio, was a great, great, uh, you know, very uh, uh, well-known box office uh, movie star. He came to town. Of course, he had done the Gene Krupa story. And they came down to the patio where we were playing with my first band, the Poppers, and that was a whole big thing. That, you know, that broke. And then, you know, so that was actually my first real, you know, uh, you know, all of a sudden your picture's all over in the paper and people are calling you and talking to you. But, I mean, over over uh, my career, um, I've worked with a lot of people. I mean, right from Peter, Paul, and Mary, right through, uh, did some work with Ian and Sylvia. I mean, uh, um you know, the list just goes on and on and on. I mean, I was part of uh, Super Session, which was uh, Mike Bloomfield, Al Cooper, myself, and Johnny Kahn, uh, which was like the, you know, the most sought-after group in the world at one point. We just never, you know, got together enough to go out and actually tour. Um, you know, I mean, I've, uh, you know, there's, you know, people that have been movie stars. There's uh, Linda McCartney, uh, who was Linda Eastman. She, t she, I was really good friends with her for, you know, for several years. Um Oh, wow. I mean, you know, like from Albert Grossman all the way through to all the different people that he managed. You know, it, 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 as far as 
uh, you know, just names. I mean, including Carl Santana and the guys from uh, Creedence Clearwater, and you know, like, you know, I mean, what about what about Drew Marshall? Have you spent any time you, with him at all? You are right. Your dinner with you is right up there with my <laughs> dinner with the Queen and Prince Philip. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man! Hey, uh, Joe, um, uh, the, the, the Poppers, right back in the day of the Poppers. Yep. It was you, the Poppers, and the Mandela. Yep. Right? Yep. And I, yeah, I just saw George a couple of weeks ago. Did you? Yeah. Because we had George in the show just before we had James Brown on the show. Yeah. I, I said, uh, hey, George, we're going to have James Brown. And he almost he almost fell off his chair in the studio here. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't want to buy a ticket to be there. Well, he was there. He, he sat in the row in front of me. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we caught up at the James Brown concert, and he got his picture taken with him, and then I went off to do the interview uh, uh, with James Brown. You know, it was cool. But yeah. but those days, man, you know, the Poppers and the Mandela, you know, I remember, I can't remember who it was. It was either you or him that was telling me that, the the uh, the fan base you know would sometimes get into fights with each oh, other oh yeah oh yeah no that's 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 really true i mean there'd be they'd be playing over at the like the blue note we'd be playing over at the patio and if our fans and actually it was even worse when we played at a place called boris's red gas because they both both the uh um both clubs were on avenue road at that time so our fans would have to run into each other <laughs> and like you know after the you know we'd go out and take a break or we'd go Later on, we'd go over to the Colonnade restaurants and talk and eat burgers or whatever, and we'd, we'd you know, be talking about our fans. I mean, beating each other up and you yeah, because you get you, you get the lighthouse rockhead hippie dudes uh, right. with the with the ratty clothes, and then you get the uh, the Mandela kind of slick funk meisters. Oh yeah, with the purple shirts and the suspenders. And yeah, the, yeah, and, and, and pointy and shoes. And, oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. Man. Totally different scene, man. And yeah, we were all really good. Friends, right? This is ridiculous. Oh man! Well, listen, Skip. Uh, a couple things from me, just uh, just guy to guy here. First of all, uh, I appreciate the fact that you're in my life, man. You uh, you're a genuine guy. You're a real cat. You still have your struggles. You're still a normal, you know, uh, schmuck of a human who's just trying to figure out this messy spirituality, right? That's right. And uh, for any of you interested in, in booking Skip as a speaker or get him in to talk to the group or whatever. Uh, you give me a shout. I'll hook you up with, with Skip. A tremendous guy. You're going to get a real, real cat. If you want some clean, polished, fancy pants, you know. Uh, Don't call uh, me. No, wrong guy. Yeah. Wrong guy. Yeah. You want reality? Then you get Skip Prokop. That's for sure. Yeah. The second thing is, it, it has been very uh, impressive to see how you thirst. Like, you are, you are a spiritually thirsty cat. Yeah, I am, man. It's crazy. I, I want to learn. I, I want to know. Uh, as much as I can. You know, it's very interesting, Drew. Um, you know, a, a voice uh, and a name from the past, and actually, you know, if you want to hook up with him for an interview, I'll, I'll set it up for you at a later date. Uh, Mylon Lefevre, who was one of the most powerful uh, Christian rock ministers out there for many years with his band Broken Heart, uh, Mylon just called me from Texas the other night. And... Um, you know, he said, um, you know, he, he, he just said, you know, it's really interesting, Skip. Um, God has called him. God told him at one point he was praying and fasting. He just said, I want you to leave the band. I want you to go out and, pre and preach. And, uh, you know, he said it freaked him out. I mean, you know, he said, like, I'm just kind of a student of the Bible. And, you know, I'm learning as I go. I mean, Mylon's, Mylon's story is, like, unbelievable. Uh, from, you know, huge success to drugs to this to that. To almost dying twice, uh, and he was just saying. I was telling him about giving the CD away, right? And he said, "You know something, brother? I got to tell you." He said, um, and of course, got real southern drawl, you know. 
But he said, uh, you know, man, you uh, you try to figure things out with God through your brain. But sometimes it doesn't work. But he said, if you just, you know, trust him and, and go, I don't get this, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. Uh, he said, man, he will really honor it. Yeah. You know? That's cool. That's very cool. Well, man, uh, good to chat with you. I'm glad your mom phoned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He obviously knows where I, I come in, and I, I'm listening to all these messages, and I'm going, and my mom's going, I don't know where you are, but Drew has been, you know, looking for you, and, and I'm thinking, Mom, hurry up with the message. I got to get off the phone and call him, right? So anyway, listen, I'll just say hi to my mom. I love her so much, and I'm uh, Shannon and everybody down in that area, okay? Yeah, tremendous stuff, man. Thanks a lot, Skip. Right, Great to chat with you again, man. Talk to you really soon. Hope so. Take okay, care. Bye bye. Skip broke up. The man behind this tune from Lighthouse. We'll be right back on the Drew Marshall Show. Stay tuned. Better 